Use Mathematics and Science, Section 7. Calculate Piping Measurements. Note, you are required the IPT's Pipe Trades Training Manual for this section. Threaded Pipe. When installing threaded fittings in a piping system, you must cut the pipe, thread its ends, and screw fittings onto the threaded ends. Because the fittings actually add length to the pipeline, you must take measurements and perform calculations to determine how long to cut the pipe, which will be less than the center-to-center -center measurement of the fittings. When pipe trades workers install pipe and fittings, a thorough knowledge of fractions and decimals is essential. In addition, the calculations require you to be familiar with the terminology associated with this piping practice. Terminology Thread engagement, or TE The distance from the face of the fitting to the end of the pipe inside the fitting. Thread engagements change with the size of pipe. Fitting allowance, or FA The measurement from the end of pipe that penetrates the fitting to the center of the fitting. Fitting allowances change with the various types and sizes of fitting. Throw, also known as face to center. This is the distance from the center of a fitting to its face and is also equal to the sum of the fitting allowance, FA, and the thread engagement, TE. Takeoff, or TO. The fitting allowance calculation is required for each threaded connection. Usually a calculation will require two fitting allowances to find the required cut length of the pipe. There would be one fitting allowance at each end where the fittings are located. When the two fitting allowances are added together, the, the dimension is called the total takeoff. Allowance for thread engagement. Whenever a fitting is threaded onto a pipe, a certain allowance must be made in the length of the pipe to account for the thread engagement or the thread allowance. Measuring threaded pipe. There are seven general methods of measuring threaded pipe in piping installations. End-to-end, -end, or EE, the measurement from one end of a piece of pipe to the other end. End-to-center, EC, the measurement from one end of the pipe to the center of the fitting on the other end of the pipe. End-to-back, E-to-B, the measurement on one end of the pipe to the back of the fitting on the other end of the pipe. Center-to-center, C-to-C. The measurement from the center of the fitting on one end of a piece of pipe to the center of the fitting at the other end. Face-to-face, F-to-F. The measurement from the face of the fitting on one end of a piece of pipe to the face of the fitting at the other end. Center-to-back, C-to-B. The measurement from the center of the fitting on one end of the piece to the back of the fitting on the other end of the pipe. Back-to-back, B-to-B. The measurement from the back of the fitting on one end of a piece of pipe to the back of the fitting at the other end. Overall, center to center. The measurement from the center of the fitting on one end of a straight arrangement of assembled pipes and fittings to the center of the fitting at the other end of the arrangement. This should be the sum of all center to center measurements of any fittings in the middle section of the run. Center-to-center center is the measurement most commonly used when laying out and installing pipe in the field. A center-to-center center measurement is the distance from the center of one fitting to the center of another fitting. That distance will remain the same regardless of a pipe size. However, because the fitting allowance and thread engagement vary with the size of the pipe, the cut length of the pipe will vary for different pipe sizes. 
End-to-end measurements and end-to-center measurements will sometimes be used when installing fittings that have no thread engagement, tubeless fittings. With butt weld fittings and most mechanical joint fittings, the pipe does not penetrate the fitting, therefore only the throw for each fitting is considered when calculating the required cut length. Each size and type of fitting has specifications for its manufacturer that are standardized throughout the industry. Most pipe trades training manuals contain tables that provide fitting specifications. For this section, you will be using IPT's Pipe Trades Training Manual. Dimensions for malleable iron fittings in IPT Pipe Trades Training Manual, Table Number 48A, B, Diagrams, Page 81, in the February 2010 edition, show some of the more common threaded fittings. The measurement designating the thread engagement or fitting thread length. T for each size of pipe is in the lower right-hand corner. Their specifications are shown in the two tables that follow, one for imperial and one for metric. The measurements indicated by letters in the drawings A, B, C, etc. are the throw dimensions face the center for the fittings. The specifications for reducing T's and reducing elbows for threaded fittings are not included in IPT's Pipe Trades Training Manual. Butt welded pipe and fittings. Butt weld steel fittings are standardized in the pipe trades. An important specification for butt weld fittings is the throw measurement. The lessons learned in this section could also be used on other types of piping materials using mechanical joints or MJ connectors. Fitting allowances for butt weld pipe fittings are easier to calculate than for threaded pipe because you do not have to allow for a thread engagement. You do, however, have to allow for weld gaps. While the gap used for the production of a weld itself is not large, 8th inch, 332nd, etc., over a long run with a lot of fittings, the gaps add up and the piping would be out of alignment if the gaps remain unaccounted for. Radius of a weld elbow The radius of an elbow is measured from its center line to a point that marks the center of its bend. For a 90 degree elbow, the radius and the throw are the same. A standard 90-degree elbow, sometimes called a long-radius elbow, normally has a radius of one and a half times the nominal pipe size. For example, a 2-inch elbow would have a radius of 3 inches. Long-radius elbows are usually designated by the number of times the radius is greater than the nominal pipe size, 2D, 3D, etc. A short-radius elbow has a radius equal to the nominal pipe size. Illustration number 76 in the IPT manual, also shown in figure 9 below, shows an assortment of the most commonly used butt weld fittings. The measurements that correspond to the indicated throws are in tables 53 and 54. Note that the IPT manual includes the dimensions of reducing butt weld tees and crosses in tables 55 and 56. The throw and gap of a butt weld fitting must be subtracted from the center to center measurement to find the end to end cut length. Remember that the throw dimension is the portion of a center-to-center measurement that is not straight pipe. Socket weld fittings. Socket weld fittings are used to join smaller sizes of pipe, usually 2 inch and under, that require the strength and security of a welded joint. Like threaded fittings, socket weld fittings have a length of pipe that fits into the fitting, meaning that the throw and the fitting allowance have two different values. Calculating the end-to-end measurements for socket weld fittings is complicated by the requirement of a gap between the end of the pipe and the bottom of the socket. This gap is required to 
to allow for expansion of the pipe in the fitting. If the pipe were to bottom out in the fitting, a large temperature change might cause the pipe to expand enough to break the weld. The gap mentioned in the IPT manual is 1 16th of an inch, or 1.6 millimeters, but it may be different depending on the job specifications. The diagrams in table 51 and 52 in the IPT manual show an assortment of the most commonly used socket weld fittings, also shown in figure 13 below. The measurements that correspond to the indicated throws are on the following pages. Along with the throw, dimension A of the fitting, the fitting allowance, dimension B, which already includes a 1 16th inch gap, is given. Socket depth is given as dimension K in the lower right-hand corner, which could be used if the job specifies a different gap dimension. Tube and tubing. Tube and tubing are commonly joined by soldering or compression joints. Calculations for making these joints are similar to socket weld joints in that these joints have a pipe engagement rather than a thread engagement. However, the joints do not have a weld gap and the pipe is engaged to the shoulder of the fitting before soldering or compression. Grade, elevation, and benchmarks. It is often necessary to install drainage pipe with a slope so that liquids may flow by gravity to a sewer, sump, or drain point. Condensate lines and steam return mains must achieve minimum slope in order to function properly. Ensuring proper slope or grade in a drainage system is very important for the system to function properly. If the piping doesn't have enough grade, drains could run slowly and blockage problems could arise. If the piping has too much grade, the pipe could be too low in elevation and it would become impossible to connect the building's sewer to the public sewer in the street. The term grade refers to a vertical distance, rise or fall, divided by the horizontal distance when a grade is specified on a drawing. For example, 1 to 50, it means that 50 feet of run, in the horizontal direction there will be one foot vertical drop, resulting in a downward slope in the direction of flow. In this way, the specified grade is stated as a ratio of the rise over run. Another important skill used in the piping trades being able to determine the height or elevation and location at which piping is to be located in and below a building. On some job sites, there is no set source for this information. Elevation information may be given on a drawing, may have to be calculated from available information, or may even have to be determined on the job site with physical measurements. Grade. In the construction trades, grade is used to determine the degree of rise or fall of a sloping surface, such as a ramp or a roof pitch. Within the pipe trades, the slope of pipe is expressed as the amount of grade or slope the pipe has on it. Grade is usually expressed in one of three ways. Fraction of an inch per foot, for example, quarter inch per foot, means that for every one foot of length or run, the pipe is going to slope up or down quarter inch. Screwed cast iron drainage fittings such as TYs and 90 degree Ls are tapped to give a grade of quarter inch per foot. This means that the horizontal drain line is out of level by quarter inch for each foot of run. Some plumbing codes specify a minimum grade of quarter inch per foot on all drainage piping three inch and less in diameter. This method is appropriate for only imperial units. Percentage of length as compared to the rise or drop, for example, 1% means that for every unit of length, the pipe is going to slope up or down 1%. This method is appropriate for both imperial and metric units. Ratio of the drop or rise to the length, for example, 
1 to 50 means for every 50 units of length, the pipe will slope up or down one unit. This method is appropriate for both imperial and metric units. There are many times when the same grade can be written in different ways. Although these grades are expressed in different forms, they all refer to the amount of fall for each measurement length of piping. Calculating grade. There are three factors you must consider when calculating grade problems. The length or run of the pipe, the grade on the pipe, and the total fall of the pipe. In drainage systems, total fall is the distance the normally horizontal pipe falls over a given length of pipe at a given grade. It is important to always include the units of measurement in the calculation as they are the best indicator of the correctness for your answer. If the answer has unfamiliar units, it is probably incorrect. It is especially important to keep the units in calculations using fractions per foot because some of the units will cancel out. The formula for calculating grade is total fall equals grade times run. This formula can be placed into a formula triangle and any unknown can be calculated. Of the three factors mentioned above, at least two must be known before the third can be calculated. Fraction per foot calculations. When you are solving problems and the grade is provided as fraction of an inch per foot run, the total fall must be expressed in inches and the length must be expressed in feet. Percentage calculations. Unlike fraction calculations, which are used only in the imperial system, percentage calculations can be used for either imperial or metric measurements. Similarly, the units of length and fall in percentage problems are not going to vary. If you are solving for the total fall and start with the length in meters, you will end up with an answer for total fall in meters. If you are solving for the length and start with the total fall in millimeters, you will end up with an answer for length in millimeters and so on. Ratio calculations. Much like percentage calculations, ratio calculations can be used for either imperial or metric measurements. Ratios can be written and treated exactly the same as a fraction. When grades are expressed as ratios, example 1 to 50 or 1 over 50, the answer will be the same units for measure that are being used for the known dimension, feet, inches, meters, centimeters, etc. Ratio grades are defined as the ratio of fall per unit of length. For example, a pipe graded at 1 to 50 will fall one unit of measure for every 50 units of measure of length or run. Elevation. An elevation is a distance above or below a fixed point. On construction sites, the architect may specify building elevations based on a reference point called a benchmark. The benchmark is some non-moving spot on the job site, such as a street curb or a manhole cover. Normally, the main subfloor is assigned a reference elevation such as 100 meters or 100 feet. Depending on the units used on the project, for example, if the main subfloor elevation was 100 feet, was to be 2 feet above the curb or the chosen benchmark, then the site benchmark would be given the elevation of 98 feet. Since all subsequent elevations are related to the subfloor, the architectural elevation for the top of plate at the ceiling would be 100 feet, plus 8 feet or 108 feet. The elevation of the second floor would be 109 feet due to the 1 foot depth of the floor joists and the floor sheeting above it. The elevation of the bottom of the footing would be 96 feet 
and the trench bottom for the building drain would be 93.5 feet. Building trades would use the project benchmark to establish the subsurface elevations because some parts of systems must be installed before the main floor is poured. Once the structure progresses above the main floor, the tradesperson has a choice to use the main floor, elevation, or the benchmark for the reference point, whichever is more convenient. In order to determine the elevations on the construction project, a pipe trades worker would use a builder's level. Using a builder's level requires you to know how to calculate elevations from a benchmark or from a previously calculated elevation. Most often, the level is set up in one spot and all the readings are taken from that location. Sometimes the level must be moved many times, using previous settings to calculate new elevations. When this happens, accuracy in readings and calculations becomes even more important. Land or geographic elevations are distances above or below mean sea level. When large projects are constructed and a local benchmark is impractical, example, a residential subdivision, geodetic elevations are used. When geodetic elevations are used on a building project, it is sometimes beneficial to omit the first one or two digits of the elevation to make calculations easier. When these digits are omitted, the elevation is referred to as a modified or abbreviated geodetic. Elevations can be expressed in both metric and imperial dimensions. If metric is used, calculations are straightforward, with centimeters or millimeters typically used as the smallest unit of measurement. Surveyors or civil engineers may use elevation measurements in feet and decimal parts of a foot. One one hundredth or 0.01 of a foot is the smallest elevation difference. Trades workers often use tape measures that show feet, inches, and fractions of an inch to the nearest one sixteenth. It may be necessary to convert between engineer's measure, decimal feet, and builder's measure, feet, inches, and fractions of an inch when calculating trade elevations as both are used. Converting between engineer's measure and builder's measure. Converting feet expressed as a decimal into feet, inches, and fractions of an inch is a simple procedure used frequently in the building trades.